Good afternoon. Praise the Lord, everyone. It is another podcast that I'm going to release today. It's been a while. Had a lot of things go on in my life. A lot of good things, actually. We've taken on the uh, Sunday school director uh, position at our church, and so that's uh, very involving, and we are super excited, and we're looking forward to the challenge, and God is already moving in our ministry and moving in our church, so we're really excited about everything that's happening in our church and in our Sunday school program. Uh, I'm going to get right into it today. I'm kind of pressed for time, but I just want to say I love all of you and I'm praying for you. I appreciate your prayers and so thankful for uh, this ministry and thankful for where God is taking me in my life. And I'm so thankful for everything that he's doing in your life as well. Um, Our scripture today is going to be from Acts 22. We're going to read 6 through 16, so it's a little bit of a lengthy reading, but it should go pretty quickly. And we're going to start on Acts 22, verse 6. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me. And I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they had not heard the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, And there it shall be told thee of all the things which are appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of the light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked upon him, and he said, The God of our fathers has chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and should hearest the voice of his mouth. For thou shalt be his witness unto all men, and what thou hast seen and heard. And now why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Uh, The title of my message is going to be taken right out of that scripture And it's going to be called His Witness Unto All Men. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for your move in our lives and your spirit and your will for our lives. And we ask that you give us wisdom and that you implant your wisdom in our hearts today. Help us to learn something. Help us to have a burden for the lost. Give us that burden if we don't have it. Give it to us, Lord, to reach the lost and to reach a dying world that needs hope. And we pray this in your name. Amen. So, it is estimated that Paul traveled close to about 10,000 miles during his missionary journeys. uh, With the modes of transportation at that time, boats, uh, walking, horse, these travels would have probably taken him close to about 281 days. So, almost a year... Uh, It would have taken him to travel 10,000 miles. Obviously, he didn't do that all in one year. And all consecutively, he did it over a span of time. But to put that in perspective, if you were to travel the same distance today with our modern technology, 
it would probably take you about seven days in a car, about 20 hours in a plane, and about 50 days in a boat. So, of course, we would have to add some time for some pit stops, especially if you have some kids or your wife's in the car. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. I know some men that are worse than the, than the wives, so don't, don't take that personal. <laughs> but... Um, so you'd have to add some time in for those pit stops for, you know, whatever you need to do, but, and maybe even some resting, but you can see the enormous contrast in time when we compare it to Paul's journey. Um, there's pretty much no comparison at all. It took him uh, so much longer because of, he didn't have the technology that we had today. So there's no doubt that Paul, uh, seeing the tasks that he had undertaken just 10,000 miles, I mean, we can probably um, conquer that pretty quickly, some of us in a car, if we had a few people just drive straight, you know, you could probably do that in a couple of days, maybe. Um, well, it said seven days in a car, but it depends how fast you drive, I guess. I know some people that drive 110, 120 miles an hour. <laughs> That's not me, by the way. Uh, my wife would kill me. So, there's no doubt that Paul had a passion and conviction for his mission, and it didn't matter if the mission was 30,000 miles and took 900 days, he was still gone. And that's because on the road to Damascus, his life was changed. On that road, he received a revelation of who God was, and he was forever changed because that's where the new man began replacing the old man on that road to Damascus. And so his mission of persecution had become one of restitution. And if you don't know much about Paul, he was called the chief of sinners because he was persecuting Christians, torturing them, putting them in jail. So this mission of persecution that he had on that road was stopped and immediately his missions changed and it started to become of restitution instead of persecution. And so on this road, he received a revelation of the one he received. He heard his voice and he began to know his will. And there was no doubt in his mind that when he had been on that road to Damascus, that he was touched by something, something that he'd never been touched before. And that thing was Jesus himself. And so he began to know his will, Jesus's will for his life at that point. And there was no doubt in his mind that he had been touched by him. And there was no doubt that this experience was the real thing, something that he had never experienced before. Because God had literally reached down and touched him. And God had reached down and changed him. And God had reached down and revealed his power to him. So it didn't matter how far or how long it was going to take. His testimony was going to be told. And it didn't matter what he had to endure. The persecution, the imprisonment, the beatings, the ridicule. It was worth it to Paul. Because when you are touched by Jesus, nothing else matters. Nothing else in this world matters. Once you've been touched, there's no drug in this world. There's no alcohol in this world. There's nothing that you can do to compare it to a supernatural intervention. And that is the touch from Jesus Christ himself. So this is the same mindset that Noah had. Noah, matter what, I will do the will of God. And even if it takes me a hundred years being laughed at, ridiculed, mocked, and ostracized from society, Noah had a relationship with the Almighty. He had seen him, he had felt him, and he didn't see him visually, but he had seen how he had worked in his life. He had felt how he worked in his life. He experienced the power and the wisdom 
and the spiritual revelation of the mind of God in his life. And so this is the position that we as Christians find ourselves in, is that if you've been saved, if God has healed your body, if he's touched your mind, if he's pulled out you out of the miry clay of sin, of despair, and you should have a desire to reach the lost, to touch the lives of people who have no hope. You should have a desire to share that message, to share that testimony with people that are dying every day and that are losing hope every day. And your experience with God should ignite that same fire in you that it did with Paul and Noah, that no matter what the cost, no matter where I have to go, no matter what I have to sacrifice, it could be money, my time, my life, no matter what it is, I have a mission. And that mission is to tell the world about Jesus and what he has done for me. And when I was down, he picked me up. And when I was lost, he reached out and he found me. And we have a weight on our shoulders. We have the weight of truth because God didn't just save us to sit on a pew in a church and not share this life-saving revelation with people because people are dying every day without hope, without truth, without God in their lives. And we are the modern day Pauls, the Noahs of the world. If we don't tell them, then who will? If we don't stand up for truth, then who will? So it is our job, it is our mission to tell people about what God has done in our life and not only what he's done, but who he is in our life. So we need to get out on the highways and the byways and we need to start knocking on doors. We need to start talking with people again. And maybe God allowed this COVID thing to happen because he needed to break us out of our comfort zone, break us out of our little bubbles to get us out in the streets again, witnessing, door knocking and sharing what God has done for us in our lives. And not only the lives, our lives, but the lives of people that we know, the people that we love. So he saved us for that purpose. And the purpose is to be his witness unto all men. And if you look at society today, we're losing people every day faster than we've ever lost them. Uh, there's a spirit of hopelessness and fear and depression that is gripping the hearts of in the minds of society. Get these statistics. So I was looking up, you know, how many people die every day because this has been on my heart for uh, some time to just get out there and my, me and my wife go knocking on doors every every month now. Uh, and so it's a part of our life. So this isn't something that I'm telling you to do that I don't do myself. It is a part of my life now. And and the reason why that I started doing that is because I realized that two people die every second. And that's about 120 each minute, 7,400 each hour, and about 178,000 each day, and 65 million each year. So in the half an hour that it takes to complete this message, close to 3,700 people will have died worldwide. And this is the reason why we must have a burden to share what God has done for us. This is the reason why the disciples experienced miracles that they did on a daily basis was because that they lived what they were they preached and they believed in what they were they heard and they believed in what God was doing in their life. So they were witnessing and they were sharing God's word on a daily basis and they were sharing his personal, their supernatural experiences with him and his power in their life. And so if you're feeling depressed and you're feeling lost and stagnant as a Christian, then there's probably a good chance that you aren't witnessing enough. You aren't sharing your testimony 
And your worth and your power and your fire comes from sharing the gospel with others. Revival starts with you. Revival, if you want it in your church and your family, if you want it in your community, then there needs to be a desire in you to share what God has done for you. Psalms 1, 1946 says, I will also speak of your testimonies before kings and shall not be ashamed. We should never be ashamed of what God has done for us. We should never be scared or fearful to tell people what God has done for us because there's power in your testimony. There's power to change people's lives. There's power to instill hope in them and peace in them just from hearing your testimony. Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcome and conquer him, the devil, because of the blood of the lamb and because of the word of their testimony. For they did not love their life and renounce their faith, even when faced with death. So our brethren of that day didn't even value their life in this world. If it came between losing it or not telling their testimony, then the truth that they had of the revelation of God's power working in their lives was way more valuable to lay aside than their own life. They would rather die than to lay aside their testimony and to shut up their testimony, to shut it out and not tell the people that were dying, suffering around them, what God had for them. So the weight of eternity was too heavy and it should be heavy on our souls too. If we realize that that many people, 3,700 people die in 30 minutes, then that should cause a, a burden in our hearts, a burden in our souls and our spirits to touch those people and to reach out and to give people a new hope and to give them a new peace in their life and to show them that they can have power over sin and they can have power over the things of this world that are trying to bring them down. So don't forget the power of your testimony. Don't ever think that you aren't making a difference in someone's life because if you are living right and you are a child of God and you have been washed by the blood and sanctified by his spirit, then you are making an impact. You are doing something for the kingdom, especially when you bear witness of how he has touched you and how he has changed you. You are his chosen few and you bear witness like Paul, who his name was Saul, but after he had that revelation, after he had that supernatural experience, his name was changed. So we as Christians now have the name, we have a new name applied to us and it's the blood through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so we are new people. We are the old man is gone and the new man is here. And we have to tell people of that change. We have to let them know that that God is real and that his power is real. And that if they want that, if they're searching for that, then there is a promise that is given to them and that they can attain it no matter where they are, no matter what they've done, that God his promise is true and that he will come through with all of his promises and his word. And so you are his chosen few. You are to bear witness to all men of the power that he has invested in you. And Lord, we love you and we thank you for this message. We thank you for everything that you've given us. We thank you for all your blessings. And we ask you to give us boldness and give us fearlessness to approach people and put people in our path so that we can talk to them and minister to them and and show them the things that you've done in our life and that they can see your light in us and help us to be 
Salt, help us to give flavor to this dying world and this flavorless world. Help us to show people that there is hope, that they don't have to be fearful, that they can live in peace, and that no matter what is going on around them, that they can have peace, and they can find that peace in you. Well, thank you again. Excuse me. Thank you again for listening, and please share this message with someone who needs it, who needs encouragement. Um, once again, I don't make any money off these messages. I do it out of the goodness of my heart because I love God and I want to share what he's done in my life. And I have taken that responsibility upon myself because I feel like he's called me to do so. And so if you are a Christian and he's done something if you're in your life, please share it with somebody. And if you are someone who's not a Christian and maybe you've felt God dealing with you and pulling at you, um, just know that there is hope and there are people out there that love you and care about you and that are praying for you. And just know that there is a God that loves you and died for you and is willing to give you everything back that the devil has taken from you. Well, I hope everyone has an awesome day. Stay blessed and uh, I love you and I appreciate you and thank you for all your prayers again. And please pray for me and my family because we do covet your prayers. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.